1: Good morning, and would I like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Jamie Porter, Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead, Mr. Porter.
2: Thank you, Operator, and thank you to everyone for attending Alamos's fourth quarter and year-end 2020 conference call. In addition to myself, we have on the line today, John McCluskey, President and CEO, Peter McPhail, COO, and Scott R.G. Parsons, Vice President of Exploration. To address any questions with respect to our reserve resource update we also have on the line uh, mr chris boswick our vice president of tech Services. we will be referring to a presentation during the conference call that's available through the webcast and on our website i would also like to remind everyone that our presentation will be followed by a question and answer session as we will be making forward-looking statements during the call please refer to the cautionary notes included in the presentation news release and management's discussion and analysis as well as the risk factors set out in our annual information form. Technical information in this presentation has been reviewed and approved by Chris Boswick, uh, our Vice President of Technical Services, and a qualified person. Also, please bear in mind that all of the dollar amounts mentioned in this call are in U.S. dollars, unless otherwise noted. Now I'll turn it over to John to provide you with an overview of the quarter and year.
3: Thank you, Jamie. 2020 was tra- transformational for Alamos as we delivered on key catalysts and transition to strong free cash flow generation. In July, we completed the lower mine extension at Young davidson announced plans for the phase three expansion at Island Gold, and commenced construction on the laaki Grande project. These were all achieved while managing our operations through the COVID-19 pandemic. Our health and safety protocols evolved through 2020, and by the end of the year, we had performed over 13,000 COVID-19 tests on Alamos employees, contractors, and visitors as part of our enhanced workplace screening. The testing programs that we implemented have been instrumental in identifying and preventing the spread of the virus at our operations. Our operations performed well in the fourth quarter, and we met full-year production guidance for the sixth consecutive year, producing 427,000 ounces of gold. Total cash costs of $761 per ounce for the year were below our guidance range, while all in sustaining costs of $1,046 per ounce met guidance. In particular, our Canadian operations had a strong finish to the year. Young-Davidson is starting to hit its stride, with mining rates ramping up to average a new record of 7,650 tons per day in the fourth quarter, exceeding year-end guidance. This drove record quarterly mine site free cash flow of $31 million. Island Gold had another record quarter with respect to production and another record year of mine site free cash flow generating $101 million, a 57% increase from the previous record in 2019. Our strong operating performance combined with a higher gold price drove another solid quarter financially, including operating cash flow of $127 million and free cash flow of 58 million. For the full year, we set a number of new financial records, including record operating cash flow of 383 million. We had another successful year from an exploration perspective, despite our programs being limited due to COVID-19. Reserves and resources at Island Gold increased an impressive 1 million ounces across all categories and now total 4.7 million ounces. Since we acquired Island Gold in November 2017, reserves and resources have increased nearly 3 million ounces net of depletion. The million ounces we added in 2020 and continued exploration success demonstrate the significant upside potential beyond what we detailed in the Phase 3 expansion study last year. Globally, globally. our reserves increased slightly to just under 10 million ounces with growth at island. Young-Davidson and Lynn Lake, more than replacing mining depletion last year. Looking at slide four, as outlined in December, we expect Young-Davidson to drive a 15% increase in global production to a range of 470,000 to 510,000 ounces, and a 3% decrease in total cash costs to between $710 and $760 per ounce in 2021. All in sustaining costs are expected to remain in a similar range as 2020, reflecting higher sustaining capital at Mulados for the pre-stripping of the El Salto portion of the pit. Our capital budget is expected to increase from 2020, reflecting a larger exploration program and the ramp up of spending on the high return Liaqui Grande project and the Phase 3 expansion at Island Gold. Turning now to slide 5. The reinvestment into high-return internal growth projects is a key component of our focus on operating a sustainable business model that can support growing returns over the long term. As part of our balanced approach to capital allocation, we expect to fund this growth internally while continuing to generate strong free cash flow, which will further strengthen our balance sheet and support higher dividends to shareholders. Reflecting this strong outlook, we are pleased to announce a further 25% increase in our dividend to an annual rate of 10 cents per share. This marks our second consecutive quarterly increase for a combined increase of 67%. I'll now turn over the call to our CF, Jamie Porter, to review our financial performance. Jamie.
2: Thank you, John. Moving on to slide six, we ended the year on a very strong note from a financial perspective. We sold 424,000 ounces of gold for record revenues of $748 million in 2020. As John mentioned, Island Gold was the highlight once again, generating a record $101 million in mine site free cash flow. Young-Davidson also demonstrated strong free cash flow growth in the second half of the year following the completion of the lower mine expansion, including generating a record $31 million of free cash flow in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter revenues were a record $227 million from sales of 122,000 ounces at an average realized price of $1,860 per ounce. Total cash costs were $733 per ounce, below the low end of full year guidance, and all in sustaining costs of $1,030 per ounce were at the low end of guidance. For the full year, total cash costs and all in sustaining costs met or were better than guidance. Operating cash flow before change to the non-cash working capital improved 55% year over year to a near record $127 million or $0.32 per share in the fourth quarter. For the full year, operating cash flow before change to the non-cash working capital was a record of $383 million or $0.98 per share, a 31% increase from the prior record set in 2019. Our reported net earnings of $77 million in the fourth quarter, or $0.20 per share, included unrealized foreign exchange gains of $16 million, which were recorded within deferred taxes and foreign exchange, and other one-time gains of $2 million. Excluding these items, our adjusted net earnings were $58 million, or $0.15 per share. Our full-year adjusted net earnings were $157 million, or $0.40 per share, representing an 87% increase from 2019. Capital spending totaled $73 million in the fourth quarter, including $28 million of sustaining capital, $42 million of growth capital, and $4 million of capitalized exploration. Growth capital increased with the ramp up of construction activities at La Yaki Grande and the phase three expansion at Island Gold. For the full year, capital expenditures of $246 million were slightly above guidance, primarily due to higher capital at Young-Davidson, reflecting the COVID-19 related delays in completing the lower mine expansion. We returned $31 million to shareholders in 2020 through dividends and share buybacks, double the amount returned in 2019. With the further 25% increase in the dividend to an annual rate of $0.10 per share starting this quarter, we're on track to return $40 million in dividends in 2021. As previously announced, we repaid the $100 million drawn at our revolving credit facility in the fourth quarter and are once again debt-free. We ended the year with $221 million in cash, 44 million of equity securities and 500 million of undrawn credit capacity. We are well positioned to fund our internal growth projects while continuing to grow our cash position and returns to shareholders. I will now turn the call over to our Chief Operating Officer, Peter McPhail, to provide an overview of our operations.
4: Thank you, Kami. Moving on to slide seven, Young Davidson continues to perform well producing 48,000 ounces and generating record mine site free cash flow of $31 million its first full quarter operating from the new lower mine infrastructure. With a strong finish, full-year production totaled 136,000 ounces in line with revised guidance. Mining rates increased to average a record 7650 tonnes per day in the quarter, exceeding the year-end target. Expect mining rates to average about 7,500 tonnes per day in the first half of 2021, an increase to the design rate of 8,000 tons per day in the second half of the year. Total cash costs of $792 per ounce and mine site all the sustaining costs of $934 per ounce in the fourth quarter <clears throat> were both down significantly from earlier in the year, reflecting efficiencies of operating from the new lower mine infrastructure. On a full year basis, both were in line with revised guidance. As previously guided, we expect 2021 production of between 190 and 205,000 ounces, a 45% improvement compared to 2020. Total cash costs and mine site all and sustaining costs are expected to decrease to between $790 and $840 per ounce and $1,000 and $1,050 per ounce respectively. We also expect capital spending to decrease significantly to approximately $75 million in 2021 and trend down to a long-term rate of $50 million per year over the next few years, now that the lower mine expansion is behind us. With higher production, lower costs, and lower capital, we expect record mine site free cash flow of $120 million in 2021. Over to slide 8, Island Gold set another quarterly production record, producing 41,000 ounces of gold in the fourth quarter. A total cash cost of $481 per ounce, and mine site all-in sustaining cost of $676 per ounce. With record production and strong margins, the operation generated $32 million of mine site free cash flow in the quarter, bringing the full year to a new record of $101 million. Full year production of 139,000 ounces was in line with guidance. With total cash cost of $451 per ounce and mine site all-in sustaining cost of $660 per ounce, both well below guidance. Work on the phase three expansion continued to ramp up in the fourth quarter with activities focused on permitting, detailed engineering of the shaft and associated infrastructure, and procurement of long lead items. Looking forward to 2021, we expect island gold to produce 130 to 145,000 ounces, and total cash costs of between 430 and $480 per ounce, and mine site island sustaining costs of between $750 and $800 per ounce. Exploration results at Island continue to impress. <clears throat> the Phase 3 expansion study released last July was based on the reserves and resources at the end of 2019. The million ounces of high-grade reserves and resources added in 2020 and ongoing exploration success clearly highlight the significant upsides to already attractive economics. Following my remarks on the operations, Scott Parsons, Vice President Exploration, will provide a summary of the ongoing <clears throat> exploration success. Moving on to slide nine, mulattoes produced 31,000 ounces in the fourth quarter, down from earlier in the year, reflecting planned lower grades. <clears throat> Just a minute while I have a glass of water here. <laughs> full year production of 151,000 ounces exceeded revised guidance. Total cash cost increased to 986 per ounce in the quarter, reflecting the lower grades, but were below guidance for the full year, averaging 816 per ounce mine site all and sustaining costs also increased to 1,426 per ounce in the quarter reflecting the higher total cash cost and capitalized stripping at El Salto. Lotto is ex- expected to produce 150 to 160,000 ounces in 2021, a total cash cost of 840 to 890 per ounce. Mine site all and sustaining costs are expected to increase to $1,060 to $1,110 per ounce and will be higher during the first half of 2021 reflecting 25 million to complete the pre-stripping of the El Salto pit area. Over to slide 10, construction of Layaki Grande continues to ramp up with 8 million spent on the quarter in the quarter as we focused on clearing the project area, early mining activities, construction of the camp, detailed engineering and procurement. Pre-stripping activities are ramping up as we speak with the project on track for initial production in the second half of 2021, 2022, sorry. With my site all in sustaining costs expected to average 580 per ounce Layaki grande is expected to significantly reduce mulatto's combined cost profile i'll now turn the call over to scott parsons to discuss the reserve and resource update
5: thank you peter on slide 11 we had an excellent year with respect to exploration even with smaller than planned programs due to covid 19 global reserves increased to 9.9 million ounces from 9.7 million ounces increases at Island Gold, Young-Davidson, and Lynn Lake more than offsetting depletion of 555,000 ounces. Global measured and indicated resources were down 3 percent to 6.9 million ounces, reflecting some conversion to reserves at Young-Davidson and Lynn Lake. Most impressively, deferred resources increased 16 percent to 7 million ounces, driven by another exceptional year of growth at Island Gold. Moving on to slide 12, Island Gold once again was the main driver of our combined reserve and resource growth in 2020. Despite only completing about 60% of our planned drilling in 2020 due to COVID-19, reserve and resources increased by a combined 1 million ounces across all categories, net of depletion. Reserves increased 8% to 1.3 million ounces, with additions of 239,000 ounces in island main and east areas, more than offsetting mining depletion of 144,000 ounces. On slide 13, the primary focus of island gold remains in defining new, near mine resources, and that is where we continue to see the bulk of our growth, Inferred resources increased 910,000 ounces, or 40% to 3.2 million ounces, the largest annual increase to date. Grades also increased 9% to 14.4 grams per ton, with the average grade of the addition significantly higher at 18.6 grams per ton. Most of the additions were in Island East, including a 95,000 ounce increase in the middle portion of Island East, effectively closing the gap between Island Main and East. The largest and highest grade increase was in the lower portion of Island East, where inferred resources increased 590,000 ounces. The significantly larger inferred resource block now contains a total of 1.3 million ounces, grading 18.3 grams per ton, in proximity to the planned shaft. We saw excellent exploration results in this area in the latter part of 2020, and with the ore shoot open laterally up and down plunge, this area will remain a key focus in 2021. On slide 14. Combined reserves and resources at Island Gold now total 4.7 million ounces, a nearly 3 million ounce increase from the 1.8 million ounces at the time of acquisition in 2017. Since acquiring Island Gold in 2017, inferred resources have converted to reserves at a rate of more than 83%. On top of that, we have grown inferred resources by an additional 2.2 million ounces with our overall discovery costs averaging $8 per ounce over the past year and $11 per ounce over the past three years. We see excellent potential for this growth to continue with our largest exploration budget to date planned in 2021. We've increased our global exploration budget to $50 million in 2021, double what we spent in 2020. Half of the 2021 budget is allocated to Island Gold, where our focus will remain on adding new near mine resources, as well as evaluating regional targets. We've also increased our exploration budgets at mulattoes to nine million and seven million at each of Young-Davidson and Little Lake, we are encouraged by our early exploration success at Young davidson having intersected higher-grade mineralization below the existing deposits and at Lynn Lake where reserves have increased 9% given the success we're having around the McClellan deposit. With that, I'll turn the call back over to John.
3: Thank you very much, Scott. So that concludes the formal presentation. I'll now uh, hand the call back to the operator to open, your, uh, open the call to your questions.
1: Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register for questions. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from uh, Tyler Langton from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
0: Good morning. Uh, Thanks for taking my questions. Um, I guess just to start at at Young-Davidson, I guess, kind of looking at Q4 results, kind of annualized production, you know, would kind of get you to the low end of 2021 guidance, and then the cash costs for the quarter were kind of below, you know, uh, the low end of your your guidance for 2021. I guess does that give you maybe – some confidence that you could kind of hit the higher end of production in 2021 and the sort of the lower end of cash costs or was there anything um, I guess sort of unique about
4: Q4? Yeah it's, it's Peter here thanks Tyler I guess I mean Q4 we weren't yet running at uh, I mean yes we did uh, we did uh, 7,400 sorry 7,600 tons a day we, we expect 7,500 tons a day in uh, in the first half of, uh, of 2021 and 8,000 in, in the second half. Um, so I think, I think, you know, Q4 is, is might be, might be a, a, a decent proxy. Uh, it, it, it could be a bit, it could be a bit low given the fact that uh, we aren't quite up to full tonnage yet, yet. We will be in the second half of the year.
0: Okay. And then just with, um, I guess the, the the phase three expansion at Island Gold and then uh, La uh and Molados just with those with those projects are you seeing any signs uh, of you know cost inflation just given kind of the recent run up in you know steel prices and oil and diesel you know is there any any
4: concerns there? So I'll start with La Grande in Mexico. I mean uh, most of that capital project I mean a big chunk of it is pre stripping and the, you know those costs are pretty locked in. Uh, it's, it's just basically mining costs which we're haven't haven't escalated uh there's not a lot of steel or or, or anything like that involved in, in that project there's some earthworks uh, and so we haven't we haven't seen anything there yet and and we've made a lot of a lot of our orders of you know things like crusher parts and whatnot are uh, are already behind us so uh and on phase three you know we're just I, you know i wouldn't expect anything significant there there's you know you know there'll be there'll be you know normal sort of inflation over the course of the next three or four years as we as we bring that into into product into you know start spending a bit more money on it but i think i think we're in good shape with our with our estimates there
6: okay perfect thanks so much
1: thank you the next question is from carrie smith from haywood securities please go ahead your line is now open
7: thanks Alfred. Peter, just for uh, for YD, uh, you're you were suggesting seventy five hundred ton a day on, as an average for the first half of this year. You did seventy six fifty tons a day in Q four. Is there perhaps two mill shutdowns? Or maybe you can just tell me how many days of uh, mill shutdowns you've got in that first half?
4: Uh there'll be a liner change in the first half. I think we're expecting it to happen in in in, you know, April, but uh you know we do we do run that mill to you know absorb those you know that would be like a three or four day shutdown and to absorb those shutdowns you run at a higher rate uh and the, and the days you're operating and expect to be down for those three or four days it, it wouldn't impact our you know 7500 ton a day for the h1 target
7: okay but i guess my question is why why wouldn't it be a little bit higher you are already out of the gate at 7650 i would have thought 7500 seems pretty doable
4: yeah, we're, we're hoping it's pretty doable. We expect it to be pretty doable.
7: Okay, okay. And um, for maybe Scott can answer his question. Just on the island exploration budget of $25 million, how much of that, say, as a percentage might be spent on the regional targets, which you haven't done much work on? Obviously, now you've got the trailing ground. Maybe just as a percentage, could you give me a sense?
5: Yeah, of, of the 25000000 million, we're budgeting about uh, $6 million for the Regional Exploration Program. But it's, it's focused on targets across the uh, broader property that we've developed from um, you know, building out the geologic model of the Island Gold Deposit and testing several several targets we've identified as a result of that.
7: Right, and I think you would said that it's probably not likely to be much spent at trillion because you just got that ground and there's work to be done there before you start growing, I think. Yes,
5: we're going to build the, uh, the, the exploration foundation on the petroleum uh, ground in 2021, and we'll be uh, more actively exploring that drilling in 2022 and beyond.
7: Okay, great. And Jim, can you just remind me what your Mexican peso assumption was today? I know I should know this, but I forget.
2: Uh, sh- sure, Carrie. Yeah, I, I believe we budgeted uh, 20 to one. Uh, we've got we've got about 45 percent of our exposure hedged between 21 and 25, so we're we're pretty well. Uh, well, well protected in, in terms of you know both our operating costs and our uh, our capital spending at Layaki
7: Grande. Okay. Okay, great. And uh, Peter, just one last question on on Young Davidson. The forty four dollars Canadian a ton for your mining costs in Q4, would that be a pretty good number for for a go forward number for say twenty twenty one and twenty
4: twenty two? Yeah, I mean that's where we're heading to. I think once we get to eight thousand tons a day uh and you know through this year uh you know we're we're heading into that into that kind of range. I mean we'll take takes a few quarters to uh to see it get dialed in. I think, you know, it, it all it does bounce around a little bit depending on how much, you know, capital development we do versus operating development. So there's some always some noise in it uh because of that. But it's you know it's it's definitely trending to there. Okay.
2: Just as as a reminder, we're we're budgeted for uh, low 50s for the first half of the year, dropping to kind of the the, the mid 40s, so where we were in the second half of 2020. We think we'll get back there for the second half of 2021.
7: Okay, perfect. Thanks very much. That's all my questions.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Cosmos Chu from CIBC. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
8: Thanks, uh, John, Jamie, Peter, and Scott, uh, for the conference call here. Great to see, you know, the increase in reserves and resources and also the increase in the dividends. Um, Maybe my first question is on the island gold, um, you know, increase in inferred resources. Seems like it's a lot of, it, as you mentioned, coming from island yeast. Could you remind me, you know, how tight is the spacing in terms of drilling right now to, you know, get into inferred and you know what kind of drill spacing do you need it to be to get it into, you know, M and I and later on reserves?
4: Scott, do you want to take that? At least the start of it. Yeah, I can take the start of it. So
5: typically for for inferred resources, we're anywhere between 30 and 75 meters, depending on on where we are we're drilling at. Um, average, I would say, is, is around say between 50 and 75 meters. Um, and again, you know, these inferred resources are defined in the geologically con- constrained structure, so you know they're it's predictable, and uh, and you know a strong understanding of the controls on on mineralization at Island, and we have high confidence in in uh, classifying those as inferred resources at, at that spacing, um, which is, is you know I think uh, realistic for sure. Mm-hmm.
8: And and you know, as a follow up, you know, it's great to see the Island yeast. You know, you're looking at eighteen point five nine gram per ton. You know, certainly higher than uh, your reserve grade at this point in time at Island, um, But um, again, you know, inferred, I would imagine mining dilution wasn't factored in. Um, you know, maybe still early stage at this point in time. But could you remind me, you know, what kind of mining dilution assumption you've put into your reserves? Uh, and, you know, can that be potentially, you know, even at this early stage be applied if I want to compare apples to apples here?
4: maybe uh um, chris yeah
8: chris oh, oh, uh, yeah Hi,
3: chris. Also, we've, we've got a variable uh um, uh dilution
4: factor depending on the, the <coughs> scoping type the area and uh, you know past experience and it ranges anywhere between 25 and 50 percent. but i think overall a good
3: average to use would be about 35 mm-hmm. percent
8: and, and you know based on your knowledge right now that still it seems kind of you know reasonable if i were to apply that to island yeast again you know yes. fairly early stage but yeah that's reasonable okay sounds good um and then you know bigger picture here john as you mentioned you know some of these exploration results at island you know could potentially add to the value of uh, of the new shaft uh, i would imagine right now you know the mine plans is fairly flexible for you to kind of change things around potentially to maybe you know uh, get to some of the higher grades first um, again, very early stage right now, but is that is that a possibility? It's certainly a
3: possibility. Uh, it, there's a, a lot of flexibility in uh, in the way we're approaching this this project, and we still have really another two years of exploration uh, that that we can get under our belt before you know we we start to um, you know make make decisions that um, that limit our options. So we still have a fair amount of flexibility for the next uh the next 24 months anyway so that uh, that, that puts us in a very comfortable position um an interesting thing about the overall global resource that uh, i think isn't always um zeroed in on very quickly it's the fact that um, you know we've been over the last couple of years you know we've been depleting um higher cost you know lower recovery ounces in um, in, in our op- open pit operations and we're effectively replacing them with, um, with high grade, low cost ounces in our, in our Canadian operation, particularly, you know, particular to, um, to Island Gold. So, you know, while the, um, you see an incremental increase in the overall, uh, reserve picture, the reality is that we're replacing them with, uh, with far better ounces, you know, it's, you'd rather have ounces with, ninety-five percent recovery as opposed to an ounce with uh, a seventy percent recovery and uh, and ounces in Canada in in our opinion are uh, are a lot uh, a lot more favorable than ounces anywhere else so from Mm -hmm. the overall quality of the reserve I think we've made a real a real improvement
8: yeah that's that's great to hear Again, on island gold, you know as you i think you or Scott have mentioned uh, trillium mining uh, previously, how does that you know you know you just made the acquisition here so again uh, fairly early, but how does that sort of fit into the whole picture here and and i haven't looked at i haven't seen the rocks here at trillium mining yet um so is it you know it's to the yeast of island, so is this potentially on trend with you know island yeast is it the same type of rocks um How should we look at it at this early stage? Yeah, I can can take that one.
5: Yeah, Yeah, I can take that one. So so Trillium, essentially, uh,
8: two main
5: strategic uh, reasons for the acquisition. One, and the most important, is you know, as we've been drilling off Island East to the east and down plunge, we've you know, obviously been interpreting the uh, the strike and dip of the deposit as we've been going. And it does appear that eventually it will uh, cross or come close or cross over the, the, the property boundary. So what the acquisition did for us is remove any sort of land tenure risk that we'd be worried about from an exploration perspective in the long term. So it's a long term long term strategy. It really opens up the deposit uh, down plunge and the long strike to the east. And the second part of that is, you know, the Mitch and Greenstone Belt, which is where the island gold deposits located um you know has seen you know 100 years of kind of off and on exploration um going back to kind of the same showings that have been defined over the years and and we feel you know with the approach we're taking in terms of a systematic exploration approach across the the broader belt that uh, there are significant opportunities that can be unlocked so from a regional exploration perspective uh, it fits well with our strategy of consolidating around our operations in this case island gold and and applying a systematic approach understanding the controls and mineralization and and targeting and exploring
8: uh, from there. Mhm of course. Um maybe you know a financial question here. Um you know as you talked about in the MDNA you know you're making a deposit of 20 million dollars in terms of taxes payable in Q1. Um, that's how it is I know given uh, you know the timing of these tax payments but I guess my question is with all the money you're spending on Layaki Grande in 2021, uh, would that uh, CapEx be able to offset some of your, um, you know, profits at, at Mulatos in 2021? And, uh, you know, what should we make as an assumption here? Uh, yes uh,
2: absolutely Cosmos. i, I mean you'll you would have seen that we generated 68 million dollars in, in free cash flow at, at Mulatto's in 2020 so that's uh the, that, that, that's the reason behind the the, the big 20 million plus uh, tax installment that's due uh here th- this quarter uh we can absolutely uh, deduct the majority of, of, of that those stripping costs and, and other construction costs at Yaki grande against our, our 2021 uh cash flow so we, we'd expect a, a substantially lower um, tax installment in Q1 of
8: 2022. Mm-hmm. Great. And then one last question on, on foreign exchange here. Um, you know, the Canadian dollar has strengthened uh, quite a bit um, year to date. Um, you know, if I go back to your MDNA, I think right now you're assuming 0.75 to 1 in terms of uh, the C dollar, US dollar exchange rate. Every five cents change is a $30 million you know, difference in free cash flow. Um, I think only a small portion of it is hedged at this point in time. Jamie, could you remind me what your, you know, hedging strategy is, and and you know how you look at it uh, given the, you know, current strengthening of the Canadian dollar? Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we've been looking for opportunities, obviously, to to, to increase. Uh our, our our hedge position over i'd say probably the last six months but uh, you know canadian dollar has seen some pretty significant strength so so we haven't been able to do as as, as much as we'd like i think we've got about 10 percent of our uh of our 2021 exposure covered between uh you know 76 and 72 cents so uh it, it is a small portion if, if we do see uh, Pre-dramatic weakening in, in the Canadian dollar, and we'd be uh, aggressive uh, in, in terms of hedging. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be we'll be price takers for for the time being. And it does have an impact. Um, you know, currently at at, uh, at at eighty cents relative to our budget, that's that's a thirty million dollar impact on our free cash flow
1: for the year.
8: Mm-hmm. Great, thanks a lot, uh, everyone. Those are all the questions I have, and I you know look forward to the remainder of twenty twenty one.
1: Thank you. The next question is from uh, Fahad Tariq from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Your line is not open.
6: Hi, thanks for taking my question. I apologize if I missed this, but as you think about um, capital allocation maybe in the medium term, if you were to get the permit approval or the renewal at Karazli, is, is it fair to think that Lynn Lake competes for capital with Karasli? Is there a preference for one project over the other? Uh, any color there would be helpful. Thanks.
3: Yeah, I, I can uh, feel that. I I would suggest that um, Lynn Lake is still um 18 to to 24 months off before we start spending any significant capital in uh in getting it going because we we've, we've just got to go through the the nor- the normal permitting process whereas Carosley is um is fully permitted at this point. So theoretically, uh if we were to get our um, our our licenses uh Renewed, we would uh, we'd be able to get back to back to work there fairly quickly, but it's um, the approach that we're taking right now is um, is uh, one one of um, uh, talking to Turkish um, mining companies. Uh, we, we've been approached by um, by several, and we're talking to Turkish mining companies about coming in alongside of of us and uh, and partnering on that project. So. Um, you know if, if, since we're sort of talking theoretically anyway uh, theoretically um, I would envision as we take the next significant step going forward in Turkey we're likely to do that with a partner which would significantly offset our our capital commitment there
6: okay great and maybe just as a follow-up then so um, theoretically if you were to get a partner at Karasli then um, is, it, is the idea that the partner would help with maybe some of the permitting issues, or is it more that it would free up capital to uh, then do Lynn
3: Lake as well, or both? Uh, probably both. Um, clearly, uh, one of the one of, one of the reasons to bring on a partner is that they're going to help you in some way, shape, or form. And, and since we have all the tec- technical expertise we require, and and we have all the all the money that we require in order to build that project uh you know where we're going to need the, the the most help is is just sort of navigating you know the turkish politics navigating that side of it so um you know hopefully that you know if we we're smart enough to bring on a partner that can uh, le- legitimately lend a hand on that front so um certainly any um any capital that they would put up in in terms of um purchasing an interest in the project, that would go some way to uh, uh, giving us additional capital that we could uh, redeploy in, uh, in Canada.
6: Got it. Thank you. That's, very, that's very clear. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Once again, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad if you have a question. We have a question from Mike Parkin from National Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
9: Hi guys, thanks for taking my questions and congrats on the good quarter. Uh, most of my questions were answered, uh, but could you speak to you know why the the lower mine's been running now for several months, uh, kind of a, effectively two quarters to date? Uh, can you give us some commentary in terms of how it's performing? Is it you know on a daily rate? Are you seeing uh, basically ex- ex- exceeding expectations and can you just remind me on the permit there uh do you have a daily operating cap or is it a an annual average
4: thanks mike um yeah i mean the ability to <clears throat> ability to operate uh at yd with that with that lower mine infrastructure is it's kind of night and day from what we had in in the upper mine um it is performing very well uh you know tell by our tonnages that uh, you know we're exceeding numbers we, we i don't think we've ever exceeded our our or very rarely exceeded our our expectations in the past and, and we're exceeding our uh, you know have been exceeding our expectations so it continues to perform well I'm running since uh i guess uh, mid mid july we've had you know daily rates i mean to, to average eight thousand tons a day you need to have you know because you have to be down uh for maintenance you know various times you have to be you know you have to be skipping waste also I mean that 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 shaft needs to put out ten thousand tons a day um and we do that right some or some days ore and waste some days just or we've averaged seventy five hundred tons a day so uh we see that no longer being an imp- impediment to getting to our eight thousand ton a day target it's it's operating very well um, you know, you have to develop all the stopes in front of it and it'd be in good shape otherwise and, and have uh everything feeding it properly and, and we're there. Uh I think the second part of your question was yeah, our the permitting, operating yeah, permit. So, you know, it, it boils down to a milling permit and it is a it is a per day number. It, and it's it's quite high. It's it's well above what we would we, we over-permitted there. I think we're permitted to 10,000 tons per day. We, are, we won't. We don't have any plans to operate it uh, at that level. So we we are not in a situation where the the mill will slow us down. Okay, I don't so even think the awesome. mill could do. The mill can't even do 10,000 tons a day. But we're it currently. I mean, yeah, sure, you could do something to to get it there, uh but it it has no problem doing on average 8,000 tons a day. All
9: right, super. And then uh, maybe a question for the scott parsons and the exploration side of things uh with yd you know you you made the smart decision to kind of halt um further drilling at depth at yd until you kind of got down lower are you kind of established and set up to resume that you know drilling to continue exploring deeper into the yd west uh, extension
5: yeah absolutely so with the lower mine infrastructure in place we, we did start drilling in uh in 2020, with a limited program, and really you know, starting to test uh, opportunities um, down plunge of, of the deposit, um, both at Whitey West and then the main part of Young Davidson. But also, um, I can't emphasize enough the exploration potential, um, you know, in the hanging wall foot wall of the deposit. It's really seen limited testing. We're sitting along the uh, Cadillac Water Lake fault uh, system. Um, you know, there, there's there's significant opportunities there. And, and as I, po- I alluded to in the uh, at the end of uh, my exploration update. You know, we did intersect um, some higher grade mineralization in both the hanging wall and foot wall and uh, this is going to require obviously a lot more work to, uh, to define if, you know the geometry of these structures and and any potential continuity of mineralization but it just points to the upside so you know not only do I see upside in expanding the existing reserve and resource within the cyanide but also other opportunities in different uh, different settings geological settings and then sure. we will be ramping up as I mentioned to uh, to a second drill. Um, Underground drill uh, within the next few months and and start evaluating some of those opportunities.
9: Super. Thanks very much. That's it for me, guys.
3: Next thing.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Lawson Winder from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Mr. Winder, your line is open. Please proceed with your question.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Operator. And uh, hi, guys. Thank you for taking my questions here today. Uh, hello to you all. Um, just uh, I wanted to ask about the, the stockpile at uh, at both Island and YD. In particular at Island, it seems the underground's been running a little bit ahead, ahead of the mill. Um, are you able to uh, provide where that stockpile sits today?
4: Yeah, we've got about... about Thirty thousand tons at around uh, five grams. Okay, great, thanks. And then, and then at YD, uh, not a significant stockpile. It's it's maybe coming into the year. We had uh, again maybe was thirty thousand tons uh, at you know typical uh, kind of reserve grade, but it doesn't last so long at YD at the milling rates we have there okay that's that's great and then just um we have we have have some very low-grade stockpile that's on the books as well but I mean that's for sometime way in the future yeah
0: no of course um now Peter just in that similar vein at at Island the um you know for Q4 I, I I had expected you guys would be a lot closer to the 1200 tons per day and I'm just curious is the reason that you were, and I apologize if you already touched on this, I, I unfortunately was on the call a little bit late, but um, is the reason that you were a little below that 1,200 tons per day related to, to COVID at all? And and then looking forward into 2021, um, is it fair to expect 1,200 tons to, to, per day to be uh, achieved on sort of yep. like a, a full year basis?
4: yeah so the mining the mining was at 1200 tons a day i think you're referring to the milling rate which which was just a bit below that we did um we did have some unscheduled uh, crusher challenges in in the fourth quarter which you know had us down for four or five days um and uh you know caused our caused our tonnage to be a bit off for the quarter we were you know island has the benefit of being able to juggle uh, high grade medium grade and low grade stockpiles so we could still make our uh, our ounces for the quarter but yeah we you you should expect 1200 tons a day for 2021 great super helpful and then um
0: just a, a question on uh, capital allocation and capital return you guys um you know for the, for the last couple of quarters have clearly indicated a uh, preference for the dividend but just going forward um, can we expect that to continue to be the case vis-a-vis uh, the buyback?
2: Yeah, Lawson, it's, it's Jamie. I, I can take that. I think our, our preferences has always been uh, to, you know, return the, the majority of what we're going to return to shareholders through the dividend rather than than the buyback. Uh, we use the, the the buyback opportunistically when. We see a pretty significant uh dislocation the share price but there's limitations associated with uh normal course issuer bid and that we're, we're blacked out about 50 percent of the time so it's, it's often hard for us to uh to, to, to act on it when, when, when we'd like to so uh i, I think you know we, we we like the the the, the, the discipline and uh that the, the the discipline associated with the dividend and, and i think we're comfortable with the with the level effect currently of you know, about forty million uh, U.S. A- annually. I think that's that's that, that's a decent return and something that we can uh, well afford um, at the same time as you know investing in in, in our uh, other growth projects.
0: Okay, and, I mean it's actually below the, the payout percentage where it's been historically, so I don't disagree with you on that. Um, uh, and then just maybe one final conceptual question um, on on Mexico and going forward. Um, basically the history of alamos since i've been following it has been a transition away from mexico and toward canada and um i mean would it be fair to think that you know the investment you're doing now in layaki is potentially the last big investment you do in mexico or you know looking the other way do do you see you know additional potential exploration upside in the mulatto's area or in that anywhere in the jurisdiction how do you think about esperanza and you know just how how do you think about alamos and being in mexico as a jurisdiction going forward
3: well it's uh, john i i can take that we still um we still believe mexico is uh an attractive jurisdiction i think there's there's going to be lots of opportunity in the years ahead in mexico uh, they're going through a difficult time right now uh, the country's been hit very hard by covid um, as everyone is aware, there is uh, ongoing issues with uh, with narco trafficking in that country, and, um, and it started to directly affect the mining industry uh, over the last couple of years as uh, as uh, that criminal element uh, turned its turned its um, its interest towards the mining industry and and started to, started to uh, rob gold mining operations, including ours, last April. So um, those were certainly significant causes, uh, cause for concern for for us. Um, but as things have been unfolding in Mexico, um, you know, Alamos uh, has has benefited tremendously from uh, continuing to explore in the Malatos district. Um, and as we as we made new discoveries, we've extended uh, mine life uh, from what we had originally, which would have seen us. Uh, stopped production back in in 2012 um here we are still mining in 2021 and and we we have good sight lines uh through 2027 um it's it's um you know been fortunate for us that every couple of years we've, we've made a, a really good discovery uh in that mulatus district and, and that's kept us going but um it's 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 just a fact that um Earlier on, it was easier because we, you know, we were going after the most obvious things. Most of the things uh, we, we ended up developing, uh, they had pretty, pretty good surface expression that we were able to follow up on. But going forward now, the challenge is to be able to uh, use geophysics and, and other other geological exploration techniques to um, effectively look down beneath cover and try to find uh, the, the, the more the more hidden deposits that uh, that may be uh, existing in that district we've still only covered maybe 20% of uh, of, of the mulatto's uh, district you know the holdings that we have under claim so there's still a substantial amount of uh, expiration upside there um, you know we're under the current circumstances you know we're not particularly aggressive about uh, about making further acquisitions in in Mexico and we do have a very strong preference for canada uh, for obvious reasons Um, you know the 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 reality is uh you know alamos has always been very opportunistic and um, and also very patient so when we see uh, opportunities evolve and and, and if we see the country uh continue to evolve and and uh, and and turn its uh, attention to attracting and, and encouraging uh, investment there again, um, you know, we'll respond but for the time being I think our 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 better opportunities lie in Canada and uh, That's why we've been heavily investing there and in the meantime uh, You know we'll we'll continue keeping things going in our mulatto's district where you know by any measure It's it's been a tremendous success, you know project that we acquired for ten million dollars originally we've made well over four hundred million dollars from that project and um uh, Yeah, uh, we we wouldn't be where we are today without it. So we're we're very grateful for Mulatto's and for the start it gave us.
0: That's great, Color John. Much appreciated. Take care, guys.
3: That's all for me.
1: Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. This concludes this morning's call. If you have any further questions that have not been answered, please feel free to contact Mr. Scott Parsons at 416-368-9932, extension 5439, 416-368-9932, extension 5439. Thank you for your participation.